This episode, my friend Pete and I sat down and we talked about qualified plans, defined contribution, defined benefit plans. We spent a lot of time on cash balance plans and really some of the considerations that are required and then the exit strategies that should be considered. So thank you for listening. We had fun and hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Banker Life Podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery, and I'm excited today because I have my friend Pete Whitman in the office here in the studio. And uh, Pete's from Tennessee. He's been in the financial services industry for quite some time. And uh, we're going to just get caught up. And uh, it's been a while since we, you know, had the opportunity to speak with each other. And uh, he's going to share his experience, his background, and we're just going to have a lovely conversation. And we invite you to listen if you wish. So thank you. Hello, Pete. Hey, James. Thanks for, for getting together with me again. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks good for times. coming in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're from Tennessee. From Tennessee. Not and, originally. Uh, not originally. <laughs> well, just give us your background and sure. go back as far as you want and, you know, come forward. To- sure. Was uh, born in Delaware. Parents were missionaries to Australia. So I spent middle school and high school years uh, in Australia. Came back, actually ended up at the University of Delaware. Uh, needed a way to pay for school. Um, missionaries don't make a whole lot. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I've. I got recruited to uh, to sell books door to door with South Bibles. Yeah, that was one of the products. Okay. <laughs> uh, they were actually student handbooks. So if okay. you uh, imagine having all your classes from like third grade through your senior year in high school, neatly indexed and outlined, mm. uh, that's kind of what they were. They were study guides. Of course, now we have the internet. <laughs> so those are probably, uh, I, I haven't seen a book person come by my house in over a decade. So, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> they, they used to come by pretty regularly when, um, few years back when my kids were young. But yeah, I sold books for them for for three summers as a student, paid my entire way through school, and then um, moved into a sales management role with them for a couple summers. And uh, interesting enough is they uh, Southwestern had um, started an insurance company. That Southwestern Life? It was actually called Family Heritage oh, yeah. Life. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar. And so uh, I got sort of recruited. I was kind of done with the book thing. Um, it was a lot of long hours and a lot of travel. And uh, But you you were like trained in the 1950 door-to-door, store-to-store, door-to-door, floor-to-floor. <laughs> yeah. School of hard knocks, man. Yeah. Was, uh, you know, you always knew every day when you got up, there's always going to be somebody who didn't want to see you. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> it does, that does not. Um, but you, you know, you learn persistence and how to keep going in, in those. And, and they really did form a lot of who I was uh, in terms of where I was going. So I graduated with an engineering degree, but then I moved in more into business. I like business a whole lot better than I like engineering. I got bored with engineering, sitting in a, an office cubicle solving mathematical problems on paper on paper <laughs> and not talking to anybody yeah yeah so it's like wait a minute that's not that's not who I am I, I like to do I like talking with people I still love solving problems so I wouldn't give away my engineering degree for anything because it taught me critical thinking um, and of course I had a minor in, in in business along with that so got a, a floor of e- economics and uh, money-based things uh, money credit and banking was one of the classes I took in in, in college. So you got a good, good round of that, but I moved to Tennessee and, um, got licensed in insurance in December of 93. 
That's so I've been time. been around the insurance uh, business ninety three. Is um, that about twenty nine years? Yeah, <laughs> it's twenty nine years. Yeah. So been been around you don't a little. Need to look that old. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my forehead does. If you, if you had hair, it'd be gray. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right. If I had hair, it might even be white. I don't. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it, it started out in in insurance, and um, I I had I've worked on both sides. The company side, I was a, a rep and a sales a district sales manager for um, American Medical Security, which was bought out by United Healthcare on the benefit side. I've worked on the agency side. Um, I've worked with uh, property. I can't casualty. think of anything more exciting than working in a home office. Yeah, or um, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a. a fortunately, it was a, a satellite office oh, that. You know, I ran the ran uh, the area in the state of Tennessee and in, in the district area, so I was covering territory on it. But uh, yeah, it was that that lasted a little while. They wanted me to move to Memphis after United Healthcare bought it, and I was like, "That's not really going to happen." Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife would not appro- approve of that move. <laughs> so um, just a personal preference. Yeah. Then, like across the state or. Yeah. Yeah. Know. So Nashville's right in the center of the state and Memphis is, is on, on the West side. I and, gotcha. um, so you got mountains. So in the you're, east. you were in Nashville and they wanted you to move to Memphis. They wanted me to move to it. Memphis. Yeah. Which is sultry, very hot. It's flat it's in the Delta area. It's low level. And the mosquitoes come and the to mosquito, mind. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't one of the, one of the places I enjoyed. Yeah enjoyed going so i was like yeah, i can't see myself uh living there but so i moved back to the agency side I, I worked on i actually worked for um in church insurance for a period of time which that was interesting mm-hmm. um so both property and casualty and then when when i hit uh, the agency side i worked in a full service insurance agency quote unquote full service and i would pass off um clients for retirement services, whatever, or even individual stuff. And they would, I mean, that department would inadvertently just screw it up. And I didn't like my clients getting screwed up because then they leave. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get my license to handle retirement planning on the benefit side because that's why I was heavy into that. Um, so when you say benefits, you're talking about health benefits, retirement benefits. Yeah. So plans and- um, when I was working with uh, American Medical Security, that was a health benefit yeah, side. Not, I've said, hey, we're not going to mention. They're gone. You've mentioned five so five far. Times. So okay. that yeah. one's that one's gone. But they were bought out by by another benefits company. Right. So health benefits, you know, yeah. uh, dental vision, all of that, and then expanded into retirement benefits. Right. So the whole benefits realm for small businesses. And I gravitated towards small businesses because it is an area that nobody wants to play in. Um, it's, it's an area that's, that's very limited and the people who do play in it, they don't get great advice. Uh, when you have big companies, there's usually somebody handles that in the, in HR or something. And these guys don't usually have an HR arm. So that's, that's kind of where, where I gravitate to is interesting because the, the, progression of my career started off with product focus where you're focused on selling one single product and as things go on when i worked on that agency side i I really learned that it wasn't wasn't about the product it was really about what was best for the client and so there was uh, there was a definite shift how long did it take you because you came to that yourself you know the industry didn't say okay you know you're going to focus on what's best for the client i mean they they give lip service to that but that's not the way they 
necessarily train their agents. No. And so you, but you, you just discovered that naturally by being in the business. How long? How long did it? Are you a slow learner? I'm, I'm just, a slow. I'm, me too. I'm a slow learner. So you said I started in December '93. That was in 2004. That I figured yeah. that out. So a decade yeah. of selling product, product, product. Hey, this is the next greatest product. This right. is the next greatest product. Right. Oh no, this one's even better than that one. We were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I sold you that one last year. <laughs> this one, this is this, this, yeah. this. Yeah, it was yeah. that. That was the that was the path of yeah. just the cycle. Yeah, and I'm like, there's got to be a better way to doing this, and. You know, the other than coming back and reselling something that's better each year. And you're, it almost was training the agent to come out and go, okay, so when's the next greatest product coming up? I've already sold that. I need something else. And, and you'd go back to the, the companies and go, hey, are you come? This is what we need. They would come and I was on advisory boards. So they would go, what, what are you seeing out there? What do we need to add? Right. And so then we talk about what, people were talking about and then they would add some kind of rider or endorsement or something on there to make it better and uh so you know it, it was interesting how this cycle just kept perpetuating and um you know it, it, it kind of dawned on me i still remember it i was in with a client he goes so um pete every year you come back and show me something that's ne the next greatest thing he goes what i want to know is what do you think about helping what I what I need? So you had a little help in your revelation. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a client who actually yeah, brought it out to perfect, me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I love that. You know, clients today, the general public, um, I mean, once they uh, get interested in a particular idea or, or concept, I mean, they're educated. I mean, that. More so now than ever, and which is a good thing. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I look at my like my nephew who's thirty three, I guess, and if he wants to find something out, he'll go do all the yeah. research. Yeah. And if it interests him, and you can you'll have a conversation, he'll know more yeah. than most because he'll go do all. You you have the research all at your fingertips. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's right. deplatformed, right? Yeah. You got to search. <laughs> you have to search. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he even said, he goes, you got to <laughs> dig. He goes, if you really want to know, you got to dig past page three on the Google list. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, he goes, not everything on page one is It's all page one. page one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Type in Infinite Banking or Nelson Nash and, you know, all the people that are, you know, buying that keyword search or coming up at the top and. And if, if it wasn't for Google, they probably wouldn't even know how to spell IBC. <laughs> yeah. I digress. Okay. So, <laughs> right. I, I agree. Most of the stuff on the front page is, it's all pay. Add, 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 add. Yeah. So from that point, I was like, and, and also that we, combined with that was the fact that here I'm giving this other department retirement stuff. And, and they're dropping the ball. And they're dropping yeah. the ball. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, there's got to be a better way. And so everything started shifting at that point from, hey, what's what's the product to what's right for the client? Right. And um, I went and got licensed with securities back then and got my 663. And all I use now is a 65, which, you know, it's quote unquote the fiduciary which we've just oh, we've already had a conversation about how that definition yeah, we, has before changed. before the uh <laughs> you know camera and the mics were on we were talking about fiduciary and 
and that's thrown about in the industry like i'm a fiduciary and you're not and then the the correct definition of fiduciary is a little vague it depends on the latest court ruling um anyway so that was our side yeah that was our, our side conversation <laughs> on it. but but at the at the time it it became more important to what is the client's needs yeah and, and where they're at so um we became really when i started the agency um in 2007 it was the end of six but beginning of seven um you know that was going to be our focus was on what was the best for the client and what we did is kind of pulled all three legs of a stool together the property and casualty piece we brought the group benefits piece together we brought the retirement piece all together and you know in in truth you know everybody hears 401k 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 that's what you should do that may not be what they need to do mm -hmm. and especially if if an owner needs to be advantaged because he's later on in life and hasn't done a whole lot of retirement savings and hadn't done put a ton of money away and they need to get a lot of money away quickly it gives, you know, we, we went and looked at some advantages of how do you do that? How do you make the owner, because 401k, everybody's got to be treated the same. Right. According to, to the Department of Labor regulations on Arisa, it. Arisa, baby. Arisa, that's it. So everybody's got to be treated, treated likewise. There's yeah. ways to do top-heavy provisions, but it has to be done correctly. Yeah. And you need an actuary to... To, to help solve so that. So you're, you're, you're then now kind of going off into, or not going off into, you're talking about like cash balance plans, you know, deferred comp. Correct. Qualified, non-qualified. Yeah. So, you, so. You, I mean, you have you have all those things that are available to any, any small business. They don't think they're available because right. no one's ever told them about it. And all they ever hear is, hey, I, I just need a 401k. Right. So. And then they look at the nightmare of administration that that requires. Right. And, and it's, there, there's a lot of administration. So it's important to have someone who knows what they're doing on, sure. on that end. Uh, and actually, 401k is a whole lot more paperwork than, than even the, like cash balance, for example. Mm -hmm. But it, you can even get less paperwork if you go to some of the other things. And, you know, we talked about executive bonuses. There's ones that you can say, hey, you know, I want to give it for my key guy here. Yeah. And I want to keep him so we can put some golden handcuffs key on man, him. Yeah, key man, executive bonus, double executive bonus. And and then you're talking about the terminology in the industry is discrimination with right. plan. So you can't discriminate with a 401k. You have to Cannot. all people are, all employees are treated equally. And, you know, and there's some requirements, but income and, and all that and terms of service. But um like in a cash balance plan or a top heavy, you know, these words, you can discriminate, you can carve out classes of employees. So you discriminate, don't include some and focus on carve out others. And so the small business owner can, and not in a negative, negative way, I'm not saying, but that's the term discrimination. You can carve out these people. I'm not going to provide a benefit for you. I'm only going to provide a benefit for me or a carved out class of employees. Right. So, so, so here's, here's my, my carved out class that I want to provide the maximum benefit right. to. And I can take some other rank and file, for example, yeah. employees, and we can provide less of a benefit. And the, the real reality is a 401k, you can't, mathematically you can't put enough in it to retire on it's really difficult especially when you're looking at where inflation is today yeah and well, if the market goes up 12 percent a year every year you're from tennessee i mean come on 
<laughs> I mean, don't you live in the suburbs of uh, that, you know, church rat? I mean, I, I need to quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, live in the, we live down in Franklin. I'm kidding. We live no, in Franklin, yes. You are, you are correct. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the, the market's not going to, I mean, look at it right now. It's down 25% on the year. It's, yeah. I mean, the market's going to do, do this. And you can literally, with if you structure it right, you can level the playing field on that. Um, depending on what you're what you're doing, so you don't have to have that risk if you don't if you don't want it, or as much of it, or much of it. Yeah. yeah, you can you can minimize minimize the risk on right. on that. You know, is that cash balance plan kind of what you're referring Correct. to? Correct, so? cash balance or any kind of defined benefit plan. Yeah. There's a very special one that uses only guaranteed instruments called a four twelve plan. Yeah, um, and th- that one's a little more restrictive. Yeah, uh, there's not as much flexibility in it, but it fits for certain for certain. Um, Certain employers, yeah. but most all of that uh, is, you know, this, and I get the the benefits. You know, if I'm an owner and I have, a, you know, a particular time period, I haven't saved enough because all of the capital has gone into the business, and you know, I may or may not be able to sell it. And if I do sell it, you know, that has its own ramifications. Maybe I'm doing a, you know, a, s- several ways to sell a business if right. it's sellable right um, but then that so if I hadn't saved enough right all the capital's gone into you know the property the building whatever and now you know I'm getting into the short rows because we're having birthdays you know time's passing as we speak and now I gotta catch up on my savings or my investing or my retirement you know now I can carve people out I mean not that they're excluded 100% I'm not saying that mm. But I can discriminate against them and heavily weight benefits, you know, to myself. Correct. Right? And so, um, yeah, you're the small business owner. You've taken all the risk all these years. Yeah, yeah. So yes, we can advantage that right. to it. And and typically, we want to try to advantage it to seventy five, eighty plus percent yeah. going back to ownership. Right. If you, it, you know, realistically we can, I've got some plans that have 90 plus go back yeah. to the owners and because they need to catch up They're right. they're getting long in the tooth and it's 10 years yeah. away from retirement. Yeah. Um, and they don't, they don't have much time. I get it. And so the cash balance plan doesn't have to use guaranteed products, does but not. It can, but it's limited to how much, you know, guaranteed products I'm talking about life insurance and, and annuities. Uh, so a cash balance plan can, you know, be all equities or, it know, could be old portfolio, however it's you know allocated across the asset classes, but you can bring in life insurance and annuities, and then it's limited, but you can bring that in, and then that is really yep you're accumulating capital for retirement, but you're getting a tax deduction today, and it's quite heavy, correct? You know, so you know if you're a high income earner and you're putting a lot of money in there then you know you get the tax advantage up front you get the deduction so the right you know and i get the equities or the the equity type uh, advisor agent or person that, you know always focusing on a rate of return where some of these plans does not focus on the rate of return mm-hmm. it focuses on the tax deduction today Right. And then there's a lot, you know, you have to have an actuary and all the calculations. Um, so if you think of out of a balance beam, the cash, that's what's called cash balance is a balance beam. And so the, the actuary comes in and says, OK, if you get high interest rates, 
and you have lower contribution because right. you're you're really calculating out for the end of the rainbow. Right. So you're already calculating out. You're trying to average out what the rate of return is every year. So if you have right. a great rate of return this year, you can you only have to put less in. Now right. this is where some of the airlines and things got in trouble with defined benefit plans. Oh, no. When 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 they flipped the switch yeah. and that the market went the other way. Mm-hmm. Now here's the problem: the market's down. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Now I got to dump a ton more money in to get it back into balance again. So what ends up happening is the balance beam gets out of whack. So the one thing, one thing the guaranteed products do is it just, it levels that playing field. So you're consistent every year and you don't have to deal with, with this going up and down. And so that's, that's one of the things. And I I know there's, that there's uh, some companies out there that might be trying to work on with with ERISA and the government to try to level the playing field over taking a snapshot over time. Yeah, I'm sure there's collusion going on yeah. every day in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not a negative guy. I'm kind of a realist, right? And I'm a, a absolute contrarian. And then I'm and I know it's not about me. It's about Pete, but. Uh, and I'm, I'm not even justifying what I'm saying. I'm explaining, giving some context. Sure. To, well, there's, you know, what uh, I you know like my bro- I told you, my brother guarded centers for a living. And he said there's a bunch of horse trading going on. Yeah, yeah. It's a that's bunch all of horse it trading. It's, it's, yeah, it's all graft, you know, and how much I get paid to participate in it. And, uh, yeah. So, okay. I don't mean yeah. to throw you off. <laughs> no, that's okay. So, so you have this balance beam so that, you know, you can put it wherever you want. Yeah. But if you go really high on the market does really well, then you don't get the big tax break. Right. And then the flip side is, is usually when the economy's down and the markets are down, a lot of businesses are down the same way and what? they have to come up with this big amount of money yeah. to try to dump in there to keep it le- keep yeah, the, the plane exactly level. so and then you mentioned the airlines you know i had uh, my friend paul horsley on who's you know an nni practitioner and a pilot uh and his wife is a pilot and you know his awakening came whenever they were going through bankruptcy yeah. The airlines mm-hmm. and you know the pension guarantee, the PBGC guarantees the pension, yeah, within limits, right? And so he was faced at the time of retirement, his pension getting shredded, and a couple of other things going on in his life. I mean, that was the genesis of his awakening that nah, the construct is not for me to benefit me. So. Um, Which so you just have to understand, and here's my point on this: is you have to understand what you're getting into, yeah, and you have to because there's definite advantages, but you also need to understand the disadvantages in order to get to my revelation that I talked about earlier, which is what's best for the client, right? Right. So, it, so is this plan for, for everybody? No, it's not. Right. It's definitely it, not. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I agree. I mean, if the if, if, if it fits, great. Yeah. I mean, if. My philosophy has been for the longest time that, you know, every business at at every level has advisors, you know, people that they rely on for information and and some, you know, consultative, consultative, you know, consultants and whatever their business is. But, you know, you'll have the tax guy, you'll have the attorney. Right, you'll have the retirement benefits guy, or the investment guy, the life insurance guy, or the the insurance guy on property and casualty. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a place at the table for everyone, in my opinion, if 
the best interest of the client is the focus. There, there, right? in, in essence, is where the key is. And that was the revelation I had back in 2004 I was telling yeah. you about. It took me a decade to realize that it's not about what product I had. Right. Um, I, I now have access to a plethora of products. Right. And so, uh, in reality, my agency itself represents 60 different companies that do different things and have different niches that, th that they can help with. Right. But the reality is, is what's best for the client. Right. And now, see, if you're in a position to have 60 different companies, I mean, then you're relying on a lot of people. Yes. You know, to keep you up to speed on those 60 different Different companies, right. And, yeah. So, yeah, 60 companies are, you know, 5,000 products. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, but, but you mentioned that, you know, every uh, product or concept, you know, has its advantages and disadvantages, and you got to know and understand what you're getting into. I mean, I don't want to throw you off track, but I want to no, come back let's to come back because, to this. So, um, you know, you look at advantages, you know, advantages on a cash balance plan. Obviously, we just talked about the tax, the, the big tax break, right? right? And so there's there's others too, but we'll talk about the cash balance plan. Right. right? Okay. So, there, yeah, cash balance or defined benefit plans, they it fall underneath that same. So, yeah, so it's so you have a tax break is, is great. And, and let's, let's talk about that for a minute. There's a defined contribution, which is 401k. Right, you can put this much in, right? If you're this age, there's catch up and blah blah blah. It's, and the defined benefit is, you know, you work so many years and certain age or what have you. But at retirement, there is a benefit for you. Right. So, so. the difference between, if you want to remember the difference between the two, contribution, defined contribution. Right. I'm defining what I'm putting in. Right. I don't know what I'm going to get at the end of the rainbow. Right. Um, you know, if the market goes to hell in a handbasket, for example. Yeah you may end up with very little. But the market always goes up. It goes up, know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. okay. So the the flip side of that is is a defined benefit ban plan does have guarantees in it. It is defining what your benefit is. Right. So if we go back to history a little bit, World War II was when pensions started becoming oh, big. Oh, please, let's talk about so, that. So um, in, in reality, they, they had a freeze on how much salary you could make. Well, during the war, you know, okay, so there's, you know, government controls all across the board and all of these GIs coming back, right? And, you know, oh my gosh, we got to, the government, we got to give them something to do or bad things are going to happen. And so there's a flood now into the job market. Right. And so how do you, how do you give a benefit or how do you, how do you pay an employee more? How do you retain an employee? Right. Um, so the defined benefits come from that. Paul Perot. Um, 1950, he wrote a pamphlet called The Pension Idea. We've talked about it on, you know, this channel many times. And that's available at our website. Um, and it's also available at the Nelson Nash Institute. So, and Nelson Nash himself brought that back into publication, uh, you know, 15, 16 years ago. And uh, so Paul Perot, in his pamphlet, The Pension Idea, foretold what the outcome would be with pensions. And here we are, you know, 72 plus years later and it's happening. So I'd encourage you if you're interested in pensions and history, yeah. that that's a, a good book pamphlet to have in your. Yeah. So that's, that's how they came up. They capped off what salaries could be mm -hmm. and they needed a way to 
attract and retain because like, why do I want to go work for you uh, for 60 hours a week because back in the 50s that's when people were starting to work a lot more starting so, yeah they were yeah they were already working but they, <laughs> right. but this was the, you know there was yeah. a, a dramatic shift from sure. working at home or working on the farm You're to right. working in, in factories right um in quote unquote for the man, <laughs> if you get to the sixties, you're working for the man. Okay, so in that in that historical context, they had a cap on how much they could earn. They, right. they come up with this. Oh, okay, well, let's come up with a defined benefit plan, and it's, essentially it was to try to give people fifty percent of what their top three average year earnings were um, after they retired. They all all government programs, all government programs have an altruistic uh, selling point and theme, right? It's we've got to save the children. You can't take care of yourself in retirement. Here's social security, which is nothing more than a tax. There's no social security trust fund. It's a tax, Um, you know, period. So it's not your money. They took it from you through taxation. And if you make it through all their hoops, you'll get, you know, an income in the future because they need you to be dependent upon them. Right. So I'm just saying that, uh, yeah. So any, any kind of government, any kind of government plan, you always have to ask yourself a question. A simple question is, is if it's from the government, is it good for me? Yeah. And you can pretty much a good rule of thumb. And I know it's broad brush, but big canvas, whatever the, the, the title of the program is doesn't matter. A uh, hundred and eighty degrees opposite is the purpose and the outcome. Is that like the Inflation Reduction Act? Exactly. That's a prime example, yeah. right? And then, too, while I'm on it, you know, loving the government, you know, uh, when they throw out numbers, you know, we're we're going to send sixty billion dollars to the Ukraine. You can you can multiply that number by several factors. Anyway, okay, yep. Well, there'll be there'll be little nuances there to, to give you bumps along the way. Oh yeah, and they all got to get paid, you right. know, in the background. So that, I mean, that. there is there is no um, there is no single one bill that covers one thing. Yeah. There's always extra pork, sure, in that that, that does sure. it. So, like I said, so when you're looking at this, you have to understand both the advantage and disadvantage. Right. Yes, you get the tax break, but okay. So now think about this: is and you and I have had this discussion about three different buckets. Of money, there's yeah, a bucket of money. Telling that, me about how you think yeah, that. Yeah, so the buck, you got one bucket of money that y- your money goes in after tax. This is like your savings account. You get an interest rate, and you have to pay taxes on the way out. Yeah, right. Then you have the bucket of money that's pre-tax, which is what this is. This qualified money, it goes in without tax, but when you take it out, what happens? Every dime you take out is taxed at whatever tax bracket you happen to be at the time you take it out. Yeah, right. So if you're trying to make- Which is unknown. Yeah, it's unknown. The calculations are going to change 15 times. I mean, has taxes changed at all in the last 50 years? They've gone one way. So, um, you know, we've we've gone, I remember back in the, what, early 70s, my parents were screaming at the high taxes. 90%. Yeah, it was was ridiculous. But you could write a ton of stuff off. So the deductions, the exemptions, the exclusions, all of that always changes. Changes. The brackets change. Yeah, the brackets change everything. So you don't know what that number is. It's an unknown. You just know you're going to have to pay tax on it. So when you're taking the money out of the bucket. I'm getting the warm and fuzzies as we go. (laughs) When you're taking money out of the bucket, you better have someone help you strategically on taking the money out. Otherwise, you're going to be giving a lot of it away. Mm. So you're you're implying then that if you're like working with uber smart people that you might not pay as much tax 
comparatively. Yeah. Not working. With. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, well, that means uh, what I'm hearing is then I've got to take less out because if I take more out, I'm going to hit another tax bracket. So, I mean, what's the yeah. strategy? So that, and then, of course, the third bucket, yeah. you got the third bucket is the bucket that we all, we would all love to be in where the money goes in after tax, but when it pours out, there is no tax, yeah. no tax at all. So obviously we'd love to be in that bucket. The trick is, is you got to be balanced out in your buckets. If you have everything, and I've inherited a few clients that have everything in that qualified bucket mm-hmm. and their the retirement's like here. And right on top of them. Right on sure. top of them. So if we're going to try to maintain their, their, uh, their current living status. Yeah. We're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to pay a bunch in taxes to pull that money out if they do it all at once. So, you know, before they retire, we need to have some kind of strategy to leak some of it somewhere else, preferably in in one of the other buckets. So if you go to to the third bucket, which the money goes in after tax, and you pay the tax out so you have tax-free, you need to have some money in that bucket. Yeah. If we don't have any money in that bucket, we're in for a hard time because we don't know what we're going to get taxed when we retire. And at that point, the income that you were making may be gone. Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to be eating less, doing less, and, you know, you're not going to go to work and have all that expense to go to and from work, buy all the nice clothes. And, so, you know, I get it. So, yeah. James, let me ask yeah. you a question here. So, on uh, that, you're, you're fun. It's You're right on track. But on, and that's really the reality of what happens is that people don't do that. But the people come in, come in your office, do they plan to have a retirement where eating hot dogs and baked beans? Are they planning to have a retirement to sit at home and never leave? Yeah. Is that kind of retire? Is that the kind of? I mean, I don't know about your clients, but my clients are not coming in my office saying, "Hey, yeah, I want to retire that way." Well, of course, nobody wants to retire that way. My experience, and you know, you talk about the three buckets, and you're on bucket three. You got to bucket three, right? right? So recap that for me because I was taking notes. So first bucket, first bucket is the money goes in after after you pay tax, and when you take out, you get taxed on the gain, right? So you invest it in a stock, you invest it in bond, a non, you know, open account. You buy an annuity, you buy a CD, a non-qualified account. That's non-qualified right. account. It, it yeah. could be a checking account. It could be a check. It pays it interest. Yes, exactly. you're gonna. I mean, because you get the the little ten ninety eight every year to put on your to give your account and to put on your taxes. Yeah, I got to pay a fraction of a penny on the interest. It, on it. Yeah, okay. and so bucket two. So bucket two is the money that goes in. Tax, def- well, it's, pre-tax. Daily, it's pre-tax. It's tax deferred. You're kicking. Pre-tax. You need, you need to understand. You're, all, you're yeah. not getting tax free. You're kicking the bucket right. down. So pre-tax, and then it's taxed when it comes out. Tax okay. when it comes out. And then the third bucket, what you're saying is after tax dollars go in, right? but then there's a tax free coming out. Tax free coming out. That'd be like a Roth. Yeah. Okay. Roth, okay. Roth works, works okay. in that category. So, you know, I, uh, I mean, I just want to be clear on the three buckets because- you know, you, you, you hear a lot of that. The, the listener, the viewer can see a lot of that, you know, the bucket kind of conversation on the Internet. Um, and I released, a, I think I did a presentation at the Nelson Nash Institute, uh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago. And and I used four uh, the characteristics. I pointed out the characteristics of four types of 
uh, instruments, you know, that you could do. And, and I had a fourth one. So it was beyond the three bucket. And I didn't call them three buckets. I'm just saying they're right. You had you four know, types tax, you know, deferred, tax deductible, pre tax, you know. Um, and Nirvana sits on the far, the fourth bucket is where Nirvana is, which is a combination of trust and life insurance, in my opinion. Okay. Right. But, okay. And, and this, and we're not necessarily going to go off into that. And we're not even trying to make a big presentation of anything, but. Okay, so we have clarity on the buckets, and I'm saying there's still a goal out there, right? Right. So okay. if you're if you're all in bucket two, mm -hmm. which is that I put the money in tax deferred like a 401k, mm -hmm. and I turn the faucet on, and I have no other monies, I'm going to pay a lot in tax. Right. In, in the end. Right. Which will hamper my retirement. So we have to be balanced out. Now it's. It's great if you're making like we go back to the cash balance for example, if you're if you're making you know 300,000 a year, that's unlikely you're going to sustain that during retirement. So, yeah, it's great to put that money in pre-tax into a cash balance plan for example. And then you have to have a strategy to get it out. And there's 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 ways to do that. See, and, and um <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the third bucket is tell me again because I'm making notes. I'm, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm the slow guy. That, uh, you're good. So the third the third bucket is the one that the money goes in after tax. Yeah. But when you turn the faucet on, there is no taxes. Okay. So the cash balance plan now is you know something that, you know it's a defined benefit, um, and you're paying with pre-tax dollars on the contribution properly termed right right and then when it comes out it's taxable at ordinary income and so and then you're saying well you got to have a strategy to avoid the taxes later or reduce or mitigate mitigate you're going to mitigate okay. them down a little bit yeah. to make sure you're, you're doing that and you know one of them of course and of course my clients don't eat dog food or cat food but let me say i've done this you know a long time like you and and i've met lots of people and lots of people uh are in for a rude awakening whenever the idea of retirement comes along rude rude awakening you know and you kind of mentioned it too and i point it all the time and actually in the banking with live dvd i have a nice section there about qualified plans um and i've experienced lots of clients over my career when they're in retirement and, and you mentioned it earlier, the, the majority of their wealth, quote unquote, money is in a qualified plan or the equity in their primary place of residence. Yep. Neither may be the best place to have all of your equity. Okay. But they get into retirement and at 70 and a half, you had to take the RMDs. They moved it up to 72 right. here, I think last year. But, and, and there's a, and who knows, there's always bills in front of Congress. You know, it depends on how much money gets passed around under the table, what the ultimate final bill looks like. But that's probably going to be moved up to age 75, the required minimum distribution. Go without a doubt. And I don't know if you saw, but they released Secure 2.0. Oh, yeah. Secure. The, See, the opposite came, at 180 degrees is insecure. Came out of, uh, came, came out the either. I think Thursday afternoon they came out the, at a committee. Yeah, with no, a 20, I was working. I had with, my head down working, right. talking to clients, my dearly love. <laughs> I just I, re, I actually read it 
uh, in in a morning briefing that I, that I read, but uh, I actually read some of it. Um, it was it came out of committee twenty three to zero. Wow. So there was no votes against it. Right. One of the biggest things they well, do. Well, elections are right around the corner. corner right. we got to have something to talk about. Look at what we did for you. Look at what we did. So yeah. one of the underlying pieces in there is, you know, you have the catch-up provision in your Roth or your 401k. Yeah. In right. the Roth specifically, you know, they have it phased out. Of course. The more you make, you're, right. you're getting out. Now, the catch-up is this. Not adjusted gross income. It said wages in in. In the preliminary oh, bill, oh okay, it said wages. It well, says give if, them you, time. if you make a hundred thousand in wages, mm-hmm. you no no longer qualify for a catch up provision on your Roth. Wow, see what we did for you? Yeah, <laughs> we limited it and then we eliminated it. You know? And I th- I think in there they were talking about extending the. RMD again to 73 on yeah, this 75 version. 75 well, yeah there, you know like there's a lot of bills going out there but yeah. I've seen 75 banded about more than the other the other ones right yeah. so I, I think I think it's going that way but I mean it came out of committee 230 yeah I mean talk about a bipartisan if you want to call it bipartisan yeah. I'm event. just I'm looking for confidence I'm not getting it right, <laughs> right. right. all the criminals agreed okay so uh, going back to the cash balance plan it's going in pre-tax I'm avoiding I'm getting a tax deduction today correct right. so if you need the tax deduction today it's great you just have to be really careful and strategic on the back end right and right. so that's an advantage right and that's then, an advantage and then you have a quote unquote in parentheses you know quote unquote known benefit you know, in retirement, quote unquote. So, um, but those are advantages. That's advantage. And a a third advantage would be it goes into a trust. So it is protected against lawsuits and those kind of things. So it's, and it's, and it's, it's insured by the pension benefit guarantee corporation, which which you have to pay a premium for every year too. Right. Well, the employer does. Employer does. Right. right. So, and you know, the rabbi, the, the trust, which I, I agree with, you know, the money should be held in trust if it's going to be a true benefit. You know, there is no social security trust fund where with qualified no. plans. There is. Right. Um, okay. So, and, and then the other benefit, the trust, and then the other benefit you said. So, so it was guaranteed. You have, oh, yeah, you the have, PBGC, PBGC. The, the Pension Benefit uh, Guarantee Corporation. Right. Now, in a small business, you have a 98% likelihood of it. If you're in a big one that puts a lot of money in the marketplace, yeah. your premium, I mean, they've adjusted premiums. So, those premiums are much greater today yeah, yeah. than they were a decade or right. even you know, a decade ago. So the PBGC operates kind of like the FDIC when it comes to banking, right? <clears throat> and uh, uh, CIPIC when it comes to investments. Um, so it's a uh, NGO, non-governmental organization, right. right? And my question would be, and not that you would know, I mean, I don't know, is how much money do they have? And how much are they insuring, right? So, and they're skewed, unbelievable. They'll have fractions of pennies for the hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that they're insuring, okay? Now, I'm not, I'm just- I'm, but the, yeah, it's, it, You're right. I, I mean, there's not, there's not- But it but it does, you know, it does add the layer of- lay, That layer. You know, yeah. It does. Yeah. So, you know, if you have- more than two hundred fifty thousand. It's almost like a guarantee association, a state guarantee associations when it comes to life insurance contracts and annuity contracts. See, 
the life insurance contracts and annuity contracts are guaranteed by the issuing insurer, and that guarantee is backed by their claims-paying ability. All right, heavily regulated, okay? So, but then the secondary guarantee, which is not a sales point, this is educational, I'm not giving any right. advice to anyone whatsoever, I only engage with or give advice to clients. So, um, the guarantee association, every state has them. And so life insurance has secondary guarantees of up to like 300,000 in face amount, 100,000 in cash value, annuities up to like 250,000 per account value. And my point here is the PBGC also has limits on their guarantees. Correct. Right. But they're, they're secondary to the entity that, that created the product or the trust program and the money held in trust. Okay. Thanks for letting me take that side yeah. trip. No, that, that was actually a really good sidetrack because it's, it's it's a valid point. It's a valid point you're making. Right. So, that, you know, and that's going back to your valid point that you just made. One of the reasons we often put guaranteed instruments in a cash balance plan right. is for the very reason you said. And so when the PBGC sees those. Yeah. Your premiums are much lower because the PBGC isn't going to double insure that amount. They're not. <coughs> they already me. know. It's like the, it's like going and buying property and casualty insurance, and it's like I'll self insure, quote unquote, for the first you know fifty thousand, hundred thousand, million dollars, and then you know, so I'm going to retain that risk and then go I'm buy pay you, yeah, right. to 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 insure above that amount. So that's why the the premium goes down at the PBGC right. because they're not standing good. For they're that. not, yeah, they, right. they're, relying they're relying on life insurance companies that Correct. issue the life insurance policies and the annuity contracts that go into the programs. Yeah, but, and, and, but it, it could save the employer a few dollars. It right? can, it, yeah, millions of dollars. So it, you know, and again. There's advantages too. You just have to understand right. what you're what you're getting into. And so there are three. Those are the well, really kind of four advantages: tax deductibility, the quote unquote known benefit in retirement, quote unquote retirement. Um, then the then the assets Pro- are held in trust, the protection of the trust, right? And then they're and backed by the PBGC. PBGC. What's the uh, what are the other advantages? So there's some other advantages depending on what vehicle you're going to put. Which a vehicle is the one where you put the money. Yeah, not the custodian. You actually where the money is. Right. What what is it in the market? Is it in annuity? Is it in life right. insurance? So it, you know it, it does advantage them to put them in in life insurance. And there's two schools of thought on this. Some people do not like life insurance inside uh, any kind of plan. Yeah, well, they're like they're, oh, life insurance is very polarizing. It's like politics. Yeah, yeah it's love it or hate. Yeah, love it or hate. Yeah. So some of them go, will go. Oh well, that's ridiculous. Why would you want to? put your money into a life insurance inside the plan because you're not going to get it back. Well, uh, you know, I've already had three payouts of life insurance and I don't think any of those families would say, yeah, I'm there. I don't some, need the money. I don't no, need the you money. keep it. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I bet none of them ever said, wow, this is too much. Yeah. No, it's not, not, never heard, not, that. Never heard no. that. Not once. Have you ever heard, is this all? I've heard is this, there any more? Is this all. Is there any more? Yeah. Well, the conversation with Pete went a little long, so we're going to stop here. We'll pick up where we left off next week in part two. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.